This is a data of Brussels. What's the impact of the general election on uh, Article 50? Um, I'm recording this on Wednesday, so it's been almost a week since the uh, election took place. Usually, as you will know if you're a regular listener, I've been uh, more speedy about my uh, posting of such kind of questions. But to be honest, until now, it's been hard to really say anything that's very clear or useful uh, on the issue. As you'll uh, know, uh, the election produced a uh, hung parliament. The Conservatives lost their majority. Uh, at the moment, they seem to be on the brink of an agreement, uh, confidence and supply agreement with the Democratic uh, Unionist Party, DUP, uh, from Northern Ireland, which would give them uh, a working majority. Now, in all of this, there's been a lot of uh, debates and confusion about what this means for uh, Brexit talks. So rather than kind of having to do speculating, uh, we now are in a position where I think we have a, a clearer sense of what's uh, likely to be on the table. Let's start off by thinking about process and then talk about substance, because I think we, we're probably a bit clearer on the, the former than we are on the latter at uh, this precise moment in time. In procedural terms, the uh, Commission uh, Task Force, led by Michel Barnier, was uh, saying for quite some time that they wanted to start talking on the 26th, uh, which is next Monday, um, that they've been in a position to start talking uh, for quite some time now, ever since they concluded their uh, mandate uh, back in May. Now, uh, that wasn't seen as unproblematic prior to the election because it was assumed that the Tories would win a majority uh, and that they would simply roll over their current structure uh, and go straight into that. Where we are at the moment is that we don't have a definitive start date for those substantive talks. There have been uh, fairly senior meetings that have taken place between the UK and the Commission, uh, but uh, the UK has been unable to provide uh, a date for when it's going to be able to do that. And that's because we still don't have the final detail of the uh, confidence and supply arrangements of the DUP. Uh, and any clarity about what that might mean in terms of Brexit. However, that agreement looks like it's pretty much good to go, uh, and I would expect that we'll be able to have uh, the, the substantive talks talk starting fairly soon after the 26th, um, because that would give uh, the Commission the certainty and the confidence that the uh, negotiators it was talking with uh, were actually representative of uh, a government that now commanded a, a majority uh, in uh, the House of Commons. But it might well be that until we've got uh, the uh, arrangements in place and demonstrated by support, for example, of the Queen's speech, um, then uh, I think we're not going to see very much uh, happening. Now, uh, again, the Queen's speech is not yet fixed. That was uh, due to happen next week. 
uh, it looks like that will be pushed back as well. But it might be that by the 26th, um, we end up with something that looks like a, a resumption. Well, not a resumption, because we haven't had substantive talk so far. We might have a start of that substantive process. Key point here maybe to remember is that a lot of people are saying this will be the start of talks. This is not the start of talks. Talks formally started on the 29th of March when Theresa May handed in uh, the UK's notification. So the two-year period started uh, back then and we're now coming up to two months uh, where we haven't had any substantive talks. The only other spanner in the works, potentially on timetable, is that Barnier, on uh, the day after the election, uh, expressed some concern that Theresa May still seemed to be talking about having not just the exit talks, but also the trade talks included in Article 50. And if that were to be the case, that the EU would need to go and uh, put together a mandate for those trade talks. Uh, and he was suggesting that would take a year uh, to do. And in that year, the clock would continue to tick. So uh, just really underlining that... Uh, the Commission and the EU is strongly committed to its sequencing that this will be first of all about dealing with the uh, tidying up uh, issues, so citizens' rights, the financial settlement and the Northern Irish border question, uh, before then thinking about what comes next. If the procedure is potentially not too damaged, then the, the big question is going to be what happens about policy and substance. Is a uh, Conservative DUP uh, agreement in uh, the Commons going to produce substantive changes in uh, Brexit uh, policy and what's being sought? As far as we can see, as far as we can tell, no, this isn't really going to produce uh, big changes. The DUP actually looks a lot like uh, the Conservative uh, position in terms of being uh, supportive of Brexit. Um, the slight difference is a more emphasis in the DUP, as you might expect, on the Northern Irish question, particularly about maintaining uh, or making sure that there isn't a, a hard border between uh, Northern Ireland and the Republic. Now, that's uh, for political and economic uh, reasons, that there's a lot of cross-border trade, uh, that the Good Friday Agreement requires that uh, as well, that there should be free movement. Um, but actually, that's uh, in line with the Tories' position as well, that they talk about uh, maintaining the uh, common travel area uh, that exists with the, the Republic, um, and uh, that certainly has been their intent. So there might be slightly firmer language from the DUP, but in broad terms, that is what uh, the Conservatives were already saying they wanted. The problem, clearly, uh, and we've talked about this before, is that that's an inconsistent position, that the uh, Tories' desire to leave the single market and leave the customs union requires that there is a border between the Republic uh, and Northern Ireland uh, for trade purposes, that you need to have customs checks uh, and uh, that you need to have some kind of controls that are there. Um, and that you can't have that and have no border uh, 
in Ireland. Now, uh, that issue is a live one. It has been ever since the referendum uh, for the simple reason that there is no obvious solution to this. Uh, and the continuing absence of a commission position paper, uh, I think, really highlights the difficulty that the commission doesn't have any uh, good choices on this either. So there's going to be potentially some stronger language about Northern Ireland. The question is, does that then feed back into a broader change of policy? Clearly, Theresa May, uh, in the past week, has come under a lot of pressure, firstly about her position, but also about uh, a softer Brexit. That uh, The argument is that the, the British people, when asked, didn't want to give uh, a majority and a mandate to the policy that was being set out in the manifesto. So if... Uh, she was so minded this would be an opportunity in working with the DUP to head for something that was softer that would uh, maybe involve uh, membership of the customs union or possibly of the single market and say that this is more in keeping with what their uh, people have talked about. Another version of this is the talk about having a cross-party uh, uh, group that would lead these talks and that this would be taken out of the hands of the government in the narrow sense. Um, I personally don't find any of these options particularly realistic for what I hope would be fairly obvious reasons, which is that this is the central project of governments over the next uh, decade um, and uh, it would be odd for uh, Theresa May to A, uh, give up the power to control this process and also, B, it would further undermine her, her standing if she made some big changes in policy. Um, the key consequence of losing her majority is that uh, it now only takes a small handful of her MPs to rebel against her for her to lose her, her working majority. Uh, and if the other parties decide to line up against uh, this uh, arrangement, which is not inconceivable given the situation, that then the government could be defeated uh, again and again. Now, that works in lots of different directions. That means that the uh, very soft Brexiteers might uh, try and uh, push uh, their, their luck with trying to find common cause with the other side of the house. Uh, it might be that also the hard Brexiteers uh, threaten to rebel should she try and soften her position. At the moment, I think the, the most sensible uh, position to hold is that these pressures will largely cancel themselves uh, out, that uh, the current policy is likely to be the one that remains. The key tests, I think, on this will be the language that surrounds the uh, negotiating position. Does Theresa May still talk about no deal being better than a bad deal? And we know that there's work going on in Dexu to work up the uh, implications of different options. Uh, that logically demonstrates that uh, there is almost no deal that is worse uh, than having no deal. Um, but until uh, or unless we see those uh, documents, we won't know quite what that demonstrates. Second point will also obviously be ECJ uh, uh, jurisdiction over uh, any part of this, uh, that this still looks very much like a, 
lack of knowledge about how the ECJ works and perhaps a confusion with the uh, European Court uh, of Human Rights, which is a completely different organisation. Uh, this is something that uh, uh, really does need to be softened if there is to be any hope of finding an agreement. We did see some softening of this, that particular aspect, in the Conservative Manifesto. But uh, again, Theresa May has an opportunity uh, in the current moment to row back uh, or to change some of her rhetorical presentation. Um, but until we get the final uh, announcement, which now will be uh, at the end of this week, uh, about the Conservative DEP arrangement, um, we don't really know. But in broad terms, we have to expect that the substance, I think, is going to stay pretty much where it has been before. So still pushing for exit from the single market and uh, the customs union. Uh, uh, and, well, maybe somebody does have a, a bright idea about Northern Ireland, uh, but you would have heard about it if they did. In all of this, uh, there is... Uh, a whole series of additional questions, which I'm going to talk about uh, in other episodes. Um, but uh, really, from the EU's perspective, this looks like more chaos uh, on the British part. Uh, a lot of concern that there still isn't really pre uh, adequate preparation for the substantive talks as and when they begin. However, uh, the next weeks are going to be critical. We will see how that uh, proceeds. Uh, and doubtless I will come back to talk to you about it.